Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. There is nothing more important in this life than for you to know that you are really saved. How do you know that you're actually a real Christian? Are you certain that you have truly received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from eternal hell, and to bring you to heaven when you die? Let's open our Bible now that we might see if we pass the test that we are really saved and genuine Christians. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another teaching. It is a Wednesday afternoon here in Texas and uh, man, just a, a good day to be loving on Jesus that we talk about all the time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, so we're, we're, uh, we're in the topical now, okay? We're, we're, we're dealing with the topic, how do I know that I'm really saved? How do I know I'm a real Christian? Um, one of the, not one of, the, the greatest, most scary thing in the world is to have a false assurance that I'm a true Christian, that I am saved, that I have eternal life when I really don't. Okay, so we're going, we're going through these series of teachings and um, they're, they're, they're twofold. Okay, do I have proper belief? Do I believe what the Bible teaches about salvation clearly and properly. If we don't believe what the Bible teaches about salvation, then we're not saved, okay? We have not received the forgiveness of our sins. We haven't received deliverance from eternal hell. We haven't been rescued from eternal hell. We haven't become a child of our heavenly father and we won't go to heaven when we die. And the scripture says the only other place is to spend eternity in hell. So. This topic is of, it's the most important topic that, that we can have is how do I know that I'm a real Christian? How do I know that I am truly saved? So Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for becoming a human man for us. We thank you for living a perfect righteous life on our behalf that we could never live. We thank you for dying a torturous death on our behalf and in our place that we should have died. We thank you that you're alive and risen today and we worship you today, Lord Jesus. We worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, so yes, we, we have in order for us to have assurance of salvation. So again, remember our, our, you know, our, our scripture is, is first John five 13. And also we're going to deal with second Corinthians 13 verse five, but first John five 13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life you should be able to have full confidence that you actually have eternal life, that you really are a Christian, that you absolutely know that you know that you know based on the word of God, that, that you are a genuine Christian, that you are saved. And then 2 Corinthians 13, 5, and we're going to get into this in subsequent teachings, tells us to examine ourselves to see if we are truly in the faith, to test ourselves 
Paul says, don't you know that Jesus Christ lives in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And so we're going we're gonna to be going through all these. And again, this is the second teaching. And again, I don't know what they're going to be titled, but something to the effect is, how do I know that I'm really saved? How do I know that I'm a true Christian? How do I know that I'm not, you know, I haven't deceived myself in thinking that I'm a real Christian when I'm really not a real Christian? Again, we talked about it last time, the scariest scriptures in all the Bible. The saddest scriptures in all the Bible, Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Verse 22, Matthew 7, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Verse 23, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me. You evildoers, these people believe they were saved. And, and Jesus says on that day, every human being will stand before Jesus. And when you stand before him, you know, you want to know that you really are a Christian. Know that, that, that you have believed and trusted and relied only on Jesus alone for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from the wrath of God. Uh, relying on Jesus alone to rescue you from eternal hell and to bring you to heaven when you die, right? So we're discussing proper belief. And we said last time that that's called orthodoxy, okay? Do you have proper belief? For you to have any assurance that you're a true Christian, you need to believe what the scriptures teach about what it means to be saved. Again, saved from what? Saved from hell. That's what it means to be saved, to be rescued from eternal hell and to become a child of God where God the Father is your heavenly Father and to ultimately go to heaven when you die, to be saved or rescued from eternal hell. So in order for you to have, have assurance that you're saved, you need to have proper beliefs, orthodoxy. And then we're going to examine whether those beliefs are genuine. We may, we may think in our mind intellectually that, that we believe the, the, the scriptures, that we believe the, the right things about Jesus. But according to 2 Corinthians 13, 5, we ought to examine ourselves and see if, if we have a lifestyle that's consistent with Jesus living in us. So again, we're not saved by anything we do. Not, 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 not one bit does anything we do save us. However, when we are truly saved, Jesus Christ is living in us. The spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is one with our spirit. He's given us eternal life. And that eternal life, that spiritual life, ought to be driving you and me into a lifestyle that reflects someone who is truly saved. So we're going to discuss in the, in the later teachings individuals that that believe they're saved, that claim to be saved, like, like these people in Matthew, they call Jesus Lord, Lord. But he says, I never knew you. You were never saved. You were never one with me. You were never part of the body of Jesus Christ. Jesus never lived in you. You were never his. And again, that's, uh, that's, that, that's obviously, that's immensely scary. Okay, so uh, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to go through different tests, right, to help you to help you execute 2 Corinthians 13, 5. You know, test yourself, Paul says, 
to see if you're in the faith, to see if you're a true Christian, right? To see if Jesus is really living in you or, you know, it's just been a, a religious experience. Maybe you've just been going to church, right? And it's just, you know, it's just an intellectual belief as opposed to a genuine trust and reliance on Jesus alone. Again, for the forgiveness of your sins, the salvation of your soul, deliverance from the wrath of God and eternal hell and to go to heaven when you die, right? So thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, you want to know that you know that you know that you have eternal life. So again, what are the proper things that you need to believe, okay? So in Acts 16, okay, verses, I believe it's 30 and 31, uh, the, the Philippian jailer says to Paul and Silas, what, what must I do to be saved? And, and they respond, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved. Okay. So, so the Bible just said you're saved by believing in Jesus. Okay. To believe doesn't mean to give an intellectual assent that Jesus existed. Okay. To believe in Jesus is, is, is to trust in Jesus, to rely on Jesus. It's to believe all that the Bible says about Jesus and why you need Jesus. Okay. In Matthew one twenty one, right, the uh, the angel Gabriel, you know, comes to Joseph in a dream and says that you know that what's in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So, in order for you to have assurance of your salvation, you have to believe that you are indeed a sinner, because that's what you need to be saved from, right? If you're going to believe in the Lord Jesus, you know, to be saved, then you have to know what you need to be saved from. Okay. The Bible is clear that all human beings are sinful. Okay. The famous scripture in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do you believe that? Okay. Do you believe that? Yes, you are sinful, that you've done wrong things. You've thought wrong things. You've spoken wrong words. And, you know, you've, you've done wrong actions, you've done wrong deeds, you've sinned, you've broken God's laws, you've broken his commands, and you've disobeyed him consistently. Do you believe that? Obviously, you have to believe that there is a God. You have to believe that you're accountable to him. Okay, so it's, it's believing what the scripture says. In order for you to have assurance that you're truly a Christian, you have to believe that the Bible is the word of God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Bible's the word of God? Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, that man doesn't live on bread alone. And he means their humanity, man and woman. We have no life on physical bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that a savior has come to save us from the bad news, which is to say, to rescue us from eternal hell and, and bring us to heaven when we die, we get that from the word of God, from the scriptures. Do you believe the Bible is the word of God? Okay. We're, we're trying to, again, so here are all these tests for you to find out, okay, do I have the proper beliefs, you know, to, you know, that I might have assurance that I have eternal life? Okay. Do you believe that Jesus is God. This is important. This is essential for you to have any assurance that you're truly saved 
and that your sins are forgiven. Okay. A human being couldn't die for you. If, if God, the father created a being and then had that being live for you and die for you, he'd have cheated. Okay. We have a triune God, one being. Okay. One God, one being three separate, distinct individual persons, God, the father, God, the son, Jesus, and God, the Holy Spirit. Our sin is so bad, okay? The scripture is clear that our sin is so bad that, that, that our God, God the Son, Jesus, had to become a human man for us. He then had to live a perfect, righteous life on our behalf with no sin, doing everything right in thought, word, and deed that we could never live. He then went on to die a torturous death on the cross again, on our behalf and in our place, that we should have died, that we deserved to die, and then was raised from the dead, okay? Do you believe that? Do you believe that your God became a man in Jesus and lived that perfect life for you, died that torturous death for you, and has been raised from the dead? And when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that perfect life that Jesus lived, that perfect righteous life, was given to you, was credited to you as if you lived it, and all of your sin, past, present, and future sin, was credited to Jesus at the cross. Do you believe that? Okay. You ought to be able to say, absolutely. Amen. Everything that you've heard me say right now, you ought to be saying, amen. Go ahead and say it. Amen. 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 That you affirm that, okay? That you you are certain of these truths, okay? If you are certain of these truths, this is a major sign that you are you are genuinely saved. Now, again, in, in subsequent teachings, we're going to get into the fact of, you know, we want to make sure that, that we're not of these people, these many who say on that day, Lord, Lord, they believe Jesus is their Lord, but, but he said he, he, he's not. He never was. He says, away from me, I never knew you. You were never one with him. You never had eternal life. You failed the test in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, where Paul says, test yourselves. Don't you know that Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus lives in you? Okay. If, if you're a Christian today, Jesus Christ is living in you. Colossians 1, 27, Christ in you the hope of glory, okay? If you're a genuine Christian today, you have eternal life, you have spiritual life because Jesus Christ is living in you, okay? Do you believe that Jesus has been raised from the dead? That's essential for you to be saved and to know that you've been saved, okay? How do you know that you know that Jesus has been raised from the dead because you talk to him, you talk about him, you pray to him, you praise him, you worship him, right? You're not declaring a dead Jesus, okay? Romans 10, 9, okay, says if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Do you have a lifestyle of doing this? Do you have a lifestyle of confessing Jesus is Lord? Now, again, this will be for the subsequent teachings of how you can know that you're a genuine Christian. And again, we're going to get into the fact that if Jesus Christ is living in you and you are a genuine Christian, then the name of Jesus ought to be on your lips and there ought to be a lifestyle that shows that. Obviously not perfect. All of us are, are, are sinners. 
we still make mistakes. And again, we're going to get into that. So again, proper beliefs on, on, on everything I said so far. Can you give a hearty amen? If you can, then boom, you're passing the test of what you need to believe. Okay. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. Do you believe him when he said that? Do you believe that only in Jesus Christ can not only you, but anyone in the world be, be, be forgiven of their sin, be delivered from the wrath of God, rescued from eternal hell, saved from eternal hell, and to go to heaven when they die? Do you believe that? If you believe that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, if you believe that you can get to heaven by some kind of good works, if you believe that other religions can get to heaven, if you believe Muslims are going to heaven, if you believe that Hindus are going to heaven, if you believe that agnostics who, who, you know, who ride the fence and say, well, I'm not sure, if you believe they're going to heaven, that, that, is, a, that is a serious sign that you're not, you're not really saved that you're not a genuine Christian. You can't say, well, I'm trusting in Jesus for me, but for everyone else, you know, they can, you know, you know, they can have their own beliefs. Beliefs are not private, okay? It's it's based on the word of God. The word of God is is unambiguous, okay? All right. So again, it's it's not just believing in God. We said last time, James 2:19, James is telling his hearers, you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Belief in God is not salvation, okay? It's a trust, a reliance, a full confidence in Jesus alone. Knowing yourself to be a desperate, hopeless, helpless sinner headed to hell without Jesus. Are you clinging to Jesus, okay? I mean, have you have you in desperation called out to Jesus, right? Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. <clears throat> Again, this scripture is not just talking about someone who just casually goes up and says the words, but knowing yourself to be a hopeless, helpless, desperate sinner. Have you called out to Jesus and said, Lord Jesus, I know I'm hopeless, helpless, and desperate, but I believe you are the son of God. I believe you came into this world and lived a perfect righteous life for me, died a torturous death for me, and I believe you're alive and risen, and I'm calling on you now, Lord Jesus, and I ask you to, to save me and to be the Lord of my life and to come and live inside me. I want Christ. Jesus, I want you living inside me, Lord. Lord, I place all my faith and trust and reliance in you alone, Lord. I receive you, Lord Jesus, as my only Lord and Savior, right? Have you called out to Jesus knowing your need of him? Are you clinging to him, right? John 1.12, yet to all who received him, Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Wow. Okay. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. So again, do you believe that you're, you're a sinful person? Okay. Can you recognize with Isaiah? Look at Isaiah 6, 5. Isaiah cries, look at this. Woe to me. I cried. I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the king the Lord Almighty. Do you, do you cry? Do you know that you know that you know that you're sinful? Okay. Do you believe that? And do you know it? Okay. Look at Luke 5, 8. 
When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you are certainly a hopeless, helpless, you know, you know, hellbound sinner like the great Simon Peter, right? When Simon Peter saw this, Luke 5, 8, he fell at Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Have you fallen on your knees before Jesus and utter in genuine sincerity, acknowledging your sinfulness, your hopelessness, and your desperation without him? Again, if you don't recognize any of these things, then again, there, there can be little to no assurance that you are saved. Okay. It's not just an intellectual belief. It's that you're persuaded that Jesus is the Christ, the savior. And you're persuaded that as a sinner, you need him and you're desperate for him and you're clinging to him alone. Right. Look at Psalm 51, three. David says, for I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Again, sin is a reality. Okay. Your sin has separated you from the triune God and only in Jesus can you be reconciled. Do you believe that? Again, that's the plain teaching of the Bible. You want, we're examining now to see if you have proper beliefs. How can I know that I'm really saved? You, you are affirming absolutely saying amen to everything I'm saying right now. Okay. Look at David says in Psalm 51, five, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me again. Can you see the sin in your life? Do you know that it's wrong? Are you convicted over your sin? Look at, uh, look at when uh, the apostles were preaching and Peter was uh, sharing in, in the early church in Acts 2, 36, 37. Acts 2, 36 and 37. Could you say you have a response like this? Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Acts 2, 36 and 37. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Do you believe that? Look at verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Okay. What shall we do? Peter's going to tell them, repent. Are you cut to the heart that knowing that, you're, that, that, that you are sinful and only in Jesus can you be saved? Do you believe that? Have you, have you been cut to the heart? Okay. And, and if you would say, you know what? I'm not sure. Peter's first words to them are repent. In, in the New Testament, the, the, the word repent, metanoia, means to change your mind. Okay. If anything I've said now, you would say, you know, man, I don't know. I'm not sure. Or I don't know that. Boom. Okay. You go before the Lord and you repent of whatever you are believing that's contrary to what I've said here. Anything that you're believing that's not consistent with the word of God in any manner, or in any way, in this conversation about being saved. If you believe that you're going to go to heaven because you're not such a bad person, you repent. You change the way you're thinking, okay? It's not true. So again, to repent means to change your mind about whatever you were thinking about God 
and about salvation and about sin that's not consistent with the scriptures, okay? Everything I've told you here is what the Bible plainly teaches, okay? Wow, bam. All right. Have you, are you cut to the heart, okay? Look at Psalm 38, 18. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin, okay? Again, someone that's, that, that, that's truly saved, someone that can have confidence is, is troubled by their sin and knows that only in Jesus Christ can they be forgiven of their sin and rescued from eternal hell and go to heaven when they die. Mm. Look at, uh, you know, the famous parable in Luke 15, 21, the prodigal son. The son said to him, Luke 15, 21, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Again, do you know that? Do you believe that as a sinner, you're not worthy? And it's only by God's tremendous mercy, by the, by the tremendous mercy of your heavenly father and of God, the son, Jesus, and becoming a human man for you, living a perfect, righteous life on your behalf, and then crediting it to you like you did it, and then dying a torturous death on your behalf, that you should have died on your behalf and in your place in receiving all of your sin into himself and that he's been raised from the dead. Wow. Wow. Do you understand your tremendous mercy? Look at Luke uh, 18, 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Again, so again, I'm pounding these scriptures home. This is the word of God. If you don't believe this, if you don't believe fully that you need mercy to deliver you from eternal hell, because that's what you deserve. Mercy is when we do not get the punishment that we deserve. Then you can have no assurance that you're saved. It's, it's you know, you can have no assurance that Jesus is living in you. Okay, it, for you to have assurance, you need to know, like this tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Wow. Is that consistent? Do you know the mercy you need? Romans 3.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Romans you know, we deserve death. We're sinners. Salvation is a gift. We cannot earn it. We cannot help Jesus. We are hopeless, helpless, and desperate. If you're relying on yourself even a little bit, then you're not trusting in Jesus Christ alone, okay? Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, right? For it is by grace you are saved, through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Do you believe that? If you're still believing that somehow you're going to get to heaven because you're not such a bad person, again, you don't know then how bad your sin really is, okay? Again, God himself had to become a man to save you and I from our sin. That's how bad our sin really is. Whew. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Again, do you believe that? That for every person in the world, okay, whether again, you, you, you think you're a Christian, and again, when I say Christians, that's Catholics, Methodists, 
all denominations, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Muslim, whether you're Hindu, I mean, whether you're New Age, whether you're agnostic, Jesus out of his own mouth, no one comes to God the Father except through Christ. It's only in Jesus that, that we can be reconciled to the Father and receive eternal life. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Romans 1, 16 and 17, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. Verse 17, for in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Again, do you believe that you are made right with God by your own good life? Or do you believe you're made right with God by your trust and reliance and faith in Jesus Christ alone? Okay. If you're somehow believing you could be made right with God in your own efforts, that's called a self-righteousness and you're not saved. Okay. Again, so when you read, when you go through this teaching, when you go through it, okay, carefully and you listen to everything I've said, all the scriptures that I've said, and you would say amen to every single one of them, okay, then boom, you've passed the test for proper orthodoxy, proper belief, all right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now then, with Jesus Christ living in you, okay, if, if Jesus really is living in you and the subsequent teachings we're going to talk about, you know, how you can know that, you know, that this profession of yours, because you have... You have agreed with the word of God. You've agreed with everything I've said, everything the scripture said. That's all I've said is what the scriptures say. Believe me, what I said don't matter in the fear of God. All I've told you is what the Bible teaches, okay? Now, once you, once you affirm all that, you have proper belief, proper orthodoxy. But if it's true and you have truly received Jesus and Jesus is living in you, there, there ought to be there ought to be evidences of that. Your life ought to be marked by the fact that Jesus really is living in you. Jesus is living in you. He's given you spiritual life. He's given you eternal life. God the Father is your heavenly Father. The Spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is living in you. And we're going to talk now in the next couple of teachings about what that should look like. What kind of lifestyle genuinely reflects that you are a genuine Christian. Wow. Mm. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you that Romans 10, 13 says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Father, I pray that everyone here in this that's not sure that they're a Christian would humble themselves before you and earnestly call out to you, Jesus, for the forgiveness of their sins, the salvation of their soul, deliverance from the wrath of our heavenly father, and to be rescued from eternal hell and to go to heaven when they die. Holy Spirit, I pray your conviction over all those who are listening, that if they're not certain, that they will just call out to you now, Jesus, humbling themselves, being convicted, that they are hopeless, helpless, and desperate without you. Father, we love you, we bless you, we thank you, and we praise you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to seal this message to our hearts now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen.